Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM, Fight Nation, Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I break down everything from Money in the Bank, the first pay-per-view after WrestleMania 35. We discuss Brock Lesnar's shocking return and is the WWE Universe on board with Brock holding the Money in the Bank briefcase. Plus, we discuss the women's Money in the Bank match and is Becky Lynch still Becky two belts after what we saw Sunday night. All this and more on today's edition of the Busted Open Podcast. The WWE gave the fans everything they wanted at WrestleMania 35. The fans wanted Kofi to win the WWE title. Kofi won the WWE title. The fans wanted Becky Lynch to become Becky Two Belts at WrestleMania 35. She became Becky Two Belts. You pretty much got everything you wanted. And the the ratings have done nothing but decline. You've said it each and every week that you've been on the air, Bully. They need star power. And I got to be honest with you. Looking at that ring at the start of that Money in the Bank, you know, ladder match last night, there was a there is a lack of star power. That being said, you you need a Brock Lesnar right now. Dave, what do you think uh, a listener of our show who's younger, like 18 to 25, when they say when they hear us say lack of star power, you think they're screaming at their radios going, "What are you talking about? Seth Rollins is a star and and Becky is a star, and this person is a star. Do they? You think people really grasp what we're saying when we say lack of star power? Yeah, I think a younger fan probably doesn't understand what we're talking about. It's because the WWE has set the bar so high when it comes to star power, right? Yes. There are, this is what we talked about, you know, leading up to uh, Money in the Bank, you know, coming out of WrestleMania, star power. Rock. Austin, Undertaker, Triple H, uh, Jericho, Brock Lesnar, those megastars. Cena. Those megastars. There's no megastars there right now. And it's the megastars that have always carried the WWE. Right now, we have stars. It's kind of like, like in Star Wars. We had Star Destroyers and we had Super Star Destroyers. <laughs> Big difference in both. Um, and I see a lot of superstars in the WWE, um, but none of those megastars. And, and I think that's going to affect them moving forward. Listen, whenever John Cena was in the ring, love him or hate him, we always called him Big Match John. If you were in a match with John Cena and you were able to beat John Cena, that would do wonders for you. Look at it down the line. If you were able to take out John Cena then all of a sudden that took you to the next plateau. I mean, are you saying that about a, a Seth Rollins right now? Does does he have the same like superstardom as even a John Cena? Or like you said, a Brock Lesnar or a Rock or a Stone Cold Steve Austin? The answer to that is no. Phenomenal wrestler who had a phenomenal match against AJ Styles like that. What a great, great 
wrestling match. What a display of athleticism from Seth and AJ. Either one of them on the level of a Cena? No. That's the problem. Some, some people are over, and some people are really over. I don't know if they have anybody that's really over. And remember coming out of WrestleMania, I said, it's not about, it's not about the, the one in particular person anymore. It's not about that one superstar. It's not about that one entertainer. It's not about that one athlete. It's becoming about the WWE. You go to see the WWE. Back in the day, you went to see John Cena. Back in the day, you went to see The Rock. You went to see Austin. Now you're going to see the WWE. Yeah, I get it. There's a lot of Becky fans out there. Don't get me wrong. She's, uh, I, I think Becky and Charlotte are doing an incredible job of, of being as close to those superstars as possible, maybe more than the men. Oh, there's no doubt. I look at the women's roster. I look at that women's ladder match. I, I, you know, I look at what we saw in the championship matches. There, there, there's no doubt that I would say there's probably more must-see superstars in the women's division than there is in the men's division right now. Yeah, and uh, there, there was, I mean, fans, if you really listen, you know, last night was an interesting show, Dave. I thought the, the women did a phenomenal job to kick off the show. I thought Dana Brooke did really well. Congratulations, Dana Brooke. I think she had a hell of a showing last night. Obviously, congratulations to Bailey. Uh, Ember, Ember Moon had a great showing last I, night. I think they all did really well, and, and they started the night off hot. And then something happened. Not until Bailey cashed in did that place liven up again. Do you yeah, agree or not? I agree. I, 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 I com- completely agree. I almost found myself, after the women's money in the bank, saying to myself, like, oh, my God, this is going to wind up being a, you know, a pretty lackluster show. At the end of the night, I, I enjoyed money in the bank. But there was a portion there, like, and I think a lot of it had to do with the referee discrepancies that kind of took me out of the moment. Like what happened in the Shane match in the cage and what happened with Joe and Ray. There seemed to be a lot of wonkiness going on in, in the beginning there. There's no doubt. I mean, and we're going to get into the refs. I mean, we're going to get into everything from Money in the Bank. But we're going to get into the ref. And I, I got to be honest with you. I thought Becky and Lacey was... Was just there. It did. It didn't really do anything for me. And then, okay. you, and then you got the ref mistake at the end of that match. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news—they have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just one dollar. Go to SiriusXM.com/busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. Neither one of our world champions have a match in Jeddah. As of right now, no. There's two weeks left. You gotta, you gotta do something. You gotta have to announce one of them. I, I just think that uh, you know, with with that Saudi deal, they obviously want Brock on that show. There's only two weeks left to build. You gotta give them something. The the. Who who would be the natural number one contender right now for Seth Rollins? Would it be AJ in a rematch? Uh, I don't know. He had, he just he just had his match and he lost. Does he deserve another match after that? Okay, so who would be the natural number one contender for Kofi? Same situation, right? It's the same thing. You just had your challenger lose on a pay per view. 
And if you're going to a, a, an event that they deemed last night bigger than WrestleMania, right? Did I hear that term last night? They did say that. Bigger than WrestleMania. If you're having an event that you want to uh, say that's bigger than WrestleMania, you got to have Brock doing something major. That's why I think we're getting Brock and Seth. I can't tell you what the outcome is going to be. But I think that's what we're going to get. Anything else? I mean, okay, so let's let's say they do Seth and AJ in a rematch. Great wrestling match. Does it do anything for you for making you want to watch that Jetta, that Jetta show? I mean, it's a, it's an added ingredient. I mean, the match that they're saying already is the top match is Goldberg Undertaker in a singles match. So, and you mentioned before, here's the here's the confirmed matches for that show. Like you said, they said last night bigger than WrestleMania. You have Triple H and Randy Orton. You have a 50-man over-the-top row battle royal. You have Braun and Bobby Lashley. Finn Balor defending his Intercontinental Championship against Andrade. And you have the Goldberg-Undertaker match. How do you feel about the card so far? I think it's a very good card. What makes it very good? Uh, I think, you know, I think Finn and Andrade is going to be a great match. And then you have, like, for the first time ever, Goldberg and Undertaker. Okay. Um, but you, like you said, neither championship is de- being defended. You would have to think that those championship titles are going to be defended. The fact that neither one of our champions has a clear-cut match uh, in Saudi already is is concern for me when it comes to star power, because the WWE is telling us that the star power that they're relying on for a match that they're for a show that they're calling bigger than WrestleMania is Goldberg Undertaker. Randy Orton and Triple H. And three three guys who work an extremely part-time schedule and and Orton who's just a workhorse who can do anything. Yeah, and bully cuz what did we just say before? The big superstars are in the women's division and they're not going to be wrestling on this show. So you got to rely on past superstars to sell this card. I mean, the big So think about this. You're already telling your audience that your two championship matches cannot match Goldberg Undertaker. Or Triple H and Orton. Yeah. That's the subliminal message being painted to you know to the to, to the to the audience and to the wrestlers, man. Uh, when, when, when you break it down like this, you can almost you can almost see the frustration that people have with a Brock Lesnar situation. Yeah, because because you know I and again I always make this make the analogy with with football teams. Like you know if you have a Super Bowl champion winning team, at some point you're going to lose all that talent. So you have to build up your team with younger talent. You have to draft. You know, you have to draft and through and through free agency, build yourself another championship team. That takes time, bully. It's not going to happen overnight. There's going to be a couple of losing seasons before you be- can become a Super Bowl championship team again. I mean, is the WWE going to be patient enough to take some growing pains like they have the last six weeks to, to build those superstars? I, I don't think they can. They can't. Not when you have, you know, a, a Fox deal looming, you know, to start in October. Can, can, you, can you take months off to build up your superstars? Can, can you take that chance if you're the WWE right now? I, I don't think so. I think that, that's why a couple of weeks ago I said we're in an all-hands-on-deck situation. And it's not even just Fox. You got AEW starting up. 
lot of AEW tweets last night. Oh my gosh! I mean, do you want do you want to talk about the top AEW tweet from last night? Sure, go ahead. All right, because because it's coming from talent within AEW, and and that's what Chris Jericho tweeted after what we saw take place last night. Chris Jericho said right after the Money in the Bank ladder match victory by Brock Lesnar, he said, awesome to see Brock Lesnar win the Money in the Bank match. Even though he wasn't officially entered, Brock is the future of the biz. And this perfect example of genius booking shows why WWE will remain on top forever. Hashtag go Brock go. Okay, your thoughts on that tweet. My thoughts is same old, same old from the WWE. And AEW has got youth and excitement in its corner. Okay, fair enough. Obviously, that tweet reeks of sarcasm, correct? 100%. Okay. What if the, what if the music would have hit and it would have been Jericho? How would you have felt? I would have loved it. Okay, you would have loved it <clears throat> because you're a huge fan of Chris, as yes. we both are, right? Yes. But if Chris Jericho would have been the one to grab money in the bank... Is that a case of same old, same old? No, it's not. Go ahead. Tell me why. And here's the reason why. First of all, you know you're going to see Chris Jericho each and every week on WWE programming. Chris Jericho is passionate creatively. I think we know the fact that he gets his hands dirty with trying to get some people over. I think he did a phenomenal job when it came to Kevin Owens and that festival of friendship. And also, we know that Chris Jericho could go, and he's had some of his best matches lately. I don't. The, some of those things I just said, you can't say about Brock. You know, is Brock going to be there each and every week? We don't know. Is Brock motivated by you know getting creative within the ring or getting creative outside the ring? Probably not. He's. I think we know he's motivated by money. Not blaming him for that, but I think that's the truth. And also, we just seen Brock on top. And I think we were tired of it, and we were waiting for Seth Rollins to capture that championship at WrestleMania 35 so Brock would no longer be champion. So having now the future being Brock as champion again is unsettling for a lot of people watching this product. So everything you said about Jericho is 1,000% true. And yes, he would get his hands dirty, and he would be a lot more invested than just about anybody else. My point is this. If it is Jericho, isn't that the same as it being a Brock or a Triple H or a Goldberg or an Undertaker? It's the WWE relying on past stars instead of new stars. So let me ask you this, Bully. If if it was, and again, obviously it would never have happened in a million years, Chris Jericho's with AEW, but let's just say it was Jericho's music that hit. First of all, the place would go nuts, correct? Yes. It would go nuts. So, but would we be reading tweets this morning from fans saying, same old, same old? Would we be reading tweets this morning about why are they relying on past superstars? I don't know if we'd be getting those tweets if it was Chris Jericho. From To your point, it would be true. But I don't know if we would be getting that kind of reaction from the fan base this morning. I agree. I don't think we would be getting that reaction from the fan base. Because even though, <clears throat> even though Jericho comes and goes just like Brock does, 
at least when Jericho is here, he's invested 1,000%. And that's where I think the difference is. Because when you look at Brock and Jericho, it really is a similar situation. Chris kind of comes and goes as he pleases, doesn't he? Yes. But when he is here, he's here for a, a good chunk of time. And he does and house he, shows for crying yes, out loud. does house shows. He's, uh, you know, he's completely invested. But would you have want to seen the new version of Chris Jericho? Or would you have been happy with that list guy, Chris Jericho? We'd probably, we would definitely go back to the list guy. I don't think you would see the new Chris Jericho in the WWE. So my, my, my whole point was, would, if it was Chris Jericho, and I read the tweet, obviously, if it was Chris Jericho, is that just the WWE continuing to rely on stars of the past? At what point do they say enough is enough? Because you're never going to have the next Jericho. You're never going to have the next Cena, Rock, to whoever, name, just pick the name. You're never going to have those next guys if you keep relying on these guys. It's a great point. And we thought we were turning the corner at WrestleMania 30 with Daniel Bryan being your new champion, and it didn't happen. We thought we turned the corner this past WrestleMania because you have Becky Lynch, you have Kofi Kingston, you have Seth Rollins beating Brock Lesnar, but here we are six weeks later, and Brock Lesnar's holding that Money in the Bank briefcase. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. Brock holding that briefcase wasn't the only thing that happened. Actually, Bailey did the same thing. She wins the Money in the Bank briefcase, and then she cashes in to become your SmackDown Live Women's Champion. Bailey's going up. Bailey going up to the top turnbuckle. Can Bailey do it tonight? Oh, elbow drop. Bailey. And there you go. And, and and I will say I thought both matches from Becky, they weren't terrible matches by any stretch, but they weren't great matches either. But, man, what a great moment from Bailey last night. As I said on the old Twitter machine last night, great booking. Yeah. I, I, I loved it from start to I I really enjoyed it from Becky, <clears throat> I'm sorry, from Bailey winning the women's money in the bank to the match that Becky had with Lacey. And then Charlotte, I loved Charlotte's demeanor when she came down. She was just so, she was such an asshole when she came to the ring. Like, uh, uh-uh-uh, nope, you got your next match now, girl. She came down totally not like the queen, you know? And then uh, we get Charlotte versus Becky. Uh, Lacey tries to interfere. We get the finish. We get Charlotte going over, rubbing it in her face. We get the aftermath. We get the cash in. And you could feel that crowd boiling. First of all, they were chanting, we want Bailey, when Charlotte and Lacey were getting heat on Becky. 
So that crowd wanted Bailey back down there. They wanted her to make the save, and they wanted her to do the cash. Yep. And if you, when you if you just watch it and you listen to it, you know, play it back, you can hear the slow boil. You can hear the build. And the WWF gave WWE gave the their you know their fan base exactly what they wanted last night. Great segment. And with money in the bank, you want those types of moments. And and listen, you know, I think unlike with Brock. Holding the briefcase, when is he going to cash in? I think that was a perfectly told story last night with her cashing in on the same show, and it worked. And now Bailey's one of your champions, so there is no more Becky two belts. Are you surprised after all that hype that the first pay per view she dropped one of those titles? No, they did it well, and I don't need to see Becky with two belts. I really don't. Becky is all was all about the chase, not the carry. One championship is totally fine. They would have overloaded her with two belts, entirely too much uh, pressure, too much of a workload. And how many times can you really see Becky defend both championships? Uh, for, For me, it would not have worked. One championship is totally fine. And she got screwed out of the second one. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you're you're right, and that's and and again, now you have two stories coming out of both those things. Now, one story with Bailey, and of course, what happened with Lacey Evans is another complete story. So you have more stories that you want to follow coming out of that pay per view last night. Now, Bully, I'm going to be honest with you. When I saw Bailey holding up that Money in the Bank briefcase, and then later on seeing her hold up that championship title, who do you think I was thinking of? Oh. My God, Izzy was going, she was doing backflips in her house. Pretty pretty good weekend for Izzy because she had a competition as well that she excelled at. So I don't know if she's at school or she called in sick to school. Let's go out to Izzy in Orlando. Izzy, how are you? I'm good. I'm actually doing, I'm not good, but I'm doing amazing because this weekend has been amazing, guys. Um. But I'm actually going to go into school a little bit late today. Um, my dad's going to pick me up, then drive me to school. But I woke up today, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to school a little bit late, and I'm going to call into Busted Open. And also, guys, congratulations on becoming worldwide. And also going to be having a special version of Busted Open on Apple Podcasts. I'm definitely going to be listening to you guys on Apple Podcasts. Um, but going into Bailey and Money in the Bank and her winning that SmackDown Women's Championship, it just gives me goosebumps and butterflies in my stomach just thinking about it. Um, it was just perfect the way it happened. Um, and I really think it definitely paid off because going back to when Bailey was with Sasha Banks and when Bailey had matches that didn't really make sense, when also Bailey won that Women's Tag Team Championship, when Bailey lost the Women's Tag Team Championship and also having some matches that also didn't really make sense and didn't really matter, um, I definitely think it paid off. And after all she's gone through, it's just awesome to see her win that SmackDown Women's Championship. And also, it was so cool to see the crowd pop for her and have a huge reaction. I really missed that reaction. It gave me such a little... I, like, danced around a little bit because I was just so happy she got the final reaction. It was just cool to see all the hugger section signs, all the Bailey signs, and Bailey going around to the crowd. And it definitely feels like I got the Bailey, um, the old Bailey that I used to know in NXT. 
You know what, uh, Izzy? I'm I'm happy for you. Uh, it was awesome seeing you in your competition. I'm glad you did so well, and I'm Thank glad you. that you went into school late today that you could call in. I appreciate <laughs> it. Oh, no problem. Anything for you guys. Ah, uh, see, Izzy's the best. Thanks, Izzy. Uh, and I, I feel happy. And listen, Izzy said something, Bully, that that deserves repeating. And that is about that she she felt like the Bailey from NXT. You know, we talk about, um, you know, Becky being underappreciated and everything and that she hasn't really, until just recently, you know, her full potential or getting those opportunities. You could probably say the same thing for Bailey since she left NXT as well, Bully. What has been my biggest problem with Bailey on the main roster? Hasn't, you know, the, the, the problem that you always say with Bailey is that she doesn't show any type of aggression. Get any aggression last night? You sure did. And, and I understand Izzy's comparison. Bailey flourished in NST, in NXT. I always say she's got, she's got too much treble and not enough bass. Mm-hmm. I, don't see, I don't see that girl being a badass at all. Last night, she, she took her opportunity. Last night, she took a, a step into being a little bit of a badass. I don't know if we're going to continue to see that. We might get smiley, huggy Bailey. I want to see the girl wrestle. She's good in the ring. She can go. She's probably top five or six over there. Oh yeah, I I think you could I, I think you could put her in the top five. If we I see put her more in the top this, five, yeah. If you're if we're gonna see the Bailey that we saw in NXT and what we're hoping to see after last night, she's she's top five without a doubt. The problem is they they have her doing things where she she can't keep up her her level of ring work that we saw in NXT. Get her involved with some good stuff, and you'll see that NXT Bailey shine through, which is I, which is what I believe most fans would like to see. Strong matches from Bailey, and we really haven't seen that. And just uh, to remind people of how great Bailey was with NXT, you know, I kind of look at championships and accomplishments, and and listen to this from Pro Wrestling Illustrated. 2015, Bailey was Inspirational Wrestler of the Year. 2015, the match of the year, the match of the year was Sasha and Bailey from NXT TakeOver. You know, she was ranked top five in 2016 in the PWI Female 50. In Ro- Rolling Stone magazine said their match of the year was the Sasha-Bailey match from TakeOver. Most improved wrestler from the Wrestling Observer in 2015 was Bailey. Worst feud of the year in 2018 was Bailey and Sasha Banks. So you're seeing the differences from what Bailey was on NXT and what she was on the main roster. She should be grouped in with the Charlottes and with the Becky and with the Asuka. And maybe now we're going to see that from Bailey after what we saw last night. I think what's more important than all those accolades is the fact that she's the first ever women's Grand Slam champion. Wow. Yep. You know, you want to sit here and you want to talk about Becky two belts? Okay. You want to talk about Charlotte being a what? Eight-time women's champion? Okay. If you really want to look at this and put it under a microscope, Bailey has accomplished more than any of those girls. Think about it. NXT Women's Champion, Raw Women's Champion, SmackDown Women's Champion, Tag Team Champion, Money in the Bank winner. That's Bailey's resume right now 
in the WWE. Eight seven. But, oh, go but ahead, here's boys. here's the crazy thing about star power, though. Despite the fact that she has that resume and she's the first ever women's Grand Slam uh, 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 champion, do we look at her as a superstar? No, because of what what was happening to her over the last three years. But I thought she, I, I when she came out of NXT, I was like, man, she's going to take this main roster by storm. But it's what they've done with Bailey since she's come to the main roster. You would have to think that if you're not calling her a superstar, she has the potential to be a superstar. Absolutely. And hopefully they gave her the same opportunity that they give to Becky. Because if you saw the response of the people last night, listen, the people popped because they got a title change and a cash in on Charlotte. I get that. But I think the next time you see Bailey come to the ring, people are going to be legitimately happy to see her. Ride that wave. Push her. Because uh, we, on, we only have about five girls that we're really investing in. Becky, Charlotte, Lacey, and now maybe Sasha and Bailey. Yeah, and, and, and again, I'm glad you brought up Sasha, because what is Sasha Banks' future? Again, they mentioned her a couple of times last night during the broad, broadcast. Does that mean we're going to get Sasha Banks back in the WWE? Um, it, Dude... I don't know where where her head is at. I I don't know. All, all I know is what you know. You hear rumor wise. Hopefully, uh, cooler heads prevail. She comes back because her and Bailey can be really interesting. And if she does come back, I want Sasha as a heel. Yes, she Sasha needs to be is a not heel. a baby. Sasha, Sasha's not a baby face. Nothing about Sasha says babyface. She plays the babyface role well when that's what they need her to do. But Sasha is a natural-born heel. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music, plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. Not the greatest officiating from the crew last night at Money in the Bank. Dude, what the hell was going on? I, I mean, mean jo- Joe's shoulder was up higher than freaking Ronda's was in the WrestleMania main event. Yep. Becky was actually pinned by, by uh, was it Lacey or Charlotte? No, it was Lacey Evans. Yeah, Lacey had her pinned. Shoot pinned. Legit pinned, and the ref wasn't out of position. It, it was. Here's the thing that's crazy about the Lacey Evans Becky match. It's like the ref was the ref was down on the mat, and you know, and making the count. And Becky got her shoulder up, and then like the, when her shoulder went back down again, he like made a circle and completely went to the other side. Like I didn't understand it. I don't understand what was going on. And was like it the in same that, ref who made all the all the mistakes. I don't think it was the same referee. I mean, I th- I don't I don't think it was. We have to go back and check, but I do not think it was the same referee. I mean, there was the Joe, Joe shoulders up, the rope break in the cage match, and then, you know, Becky being shoot pinned. 
And then there's a lot of controversy about the Miz-Shane McMahon cage match, about the, the foot being on the rope and making a break. It's a no-DQ match, and, like, how, why, why in a no-DQ match are you, are, you, are you breaking the pin attempt? Well, it is a pin attempt, and I and in a no DQ match, it's still if the foot's on the rope, it's not a it's not a legit pin. Now you can't break a hold because if they're holding on, because as far as like there's no DQ, but when in a pin attempt, it, you can break the pin attempt in a no DQ match if the foot's on the rope. Uh, come on, man! It, it, it's convenient rules, and and here's the thing. Let's say you're right, Dave. Okay, mm-hmm. why did the referee look so damn confused after it happened? If you looked at, at that referee, he looked like he had no idea what was going on. Now you know what mistakes happen, and I'll just chalk it up to a mistake. That one, I'll chalk up to a mistake. Oh my God, is a rope break legal? Is it not legal? I forgot. I haven't done this uh, this type of match in a while. Whatever. A mistake can happen. The Joe thing and the Becky thing with the shoulders, uh-uh. Especially after the 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 um the discrepancy that came out of the main event at WrestleMania. And and listen, I I hate to call him out because he's actually a friend, but the the ref for the the Mysterio Joe match was Sean Bennett, and not the same referee that we saw in uh, Lacey Evans. And Becky Lynch. So it was uh, two different referees. I mean, Joe's shoulder was so far. And and did you you see what they tried to do? They sh- when they showed the replay, they tried to give you a reverse angle, but they couldn't even cover it up in the reverse angle. Yeah, even Corey was like, "Uh, well, yeah, yeah, that, that didn't work." Because I, I, I knew that they would come back in a replay from the other side. Because if you show it the right way from the other side, you can kind of get around it. They couldn't get around it. That's how high Joe's shoulder was off the mat. Now, it, hopefully they will just go to the videotape tonight and get a rematch. Supposedly Joe's nose got broken. There was blood. They decided they had to stop the match. Whatever. Okay, I don't care why you chose to end the match early because of blood or a broken nose. If it was me, I'd re-break his nose, get more blood, and let the <laughs> match go on for another half an hour. Okay, but it's the WWE. All I hope they do tonight, Dave, or tomorrow, whenever it is, I hope they acknowledge it. Joe comes out, says, look at the freaking videotape. You didn't beat me. And then when, you know, whatever happens, Joe beats the crap out of Dominic. Well, you mentioned acknowledging. Let's go back, uh, courtesy of WWE.com. Let's go back to the call when Rey Mysterio got the pin on Samoa Joe. What a win by Mysterio. Take another look at this. Samoa Joe would hoist Mysterio up for a powerbomb. Rey with a great counter. One, two. I got to look at Samoa Joe's left shoulder. I understand the referee's view was obscured by Joe's body, but Samoa Joe's shoulder wasn't down. Yeah, it's true. He was, and I love it because you're absolutely right. And the angle that they showed was actually like from Samoa Joe's feet, like it was like the camera angle, because he's such a big guy. They were hoping that you know it would be blocked, and you could still see that his left shoulder was up. It was blatant. So no big deal. Sometimes mistakes happen. It's just a question of whether they, they acknowledge it. If they come out tonight and Joe bitches and moans and says, my shoulder's up, the referee sucks, beats the crap out of the referee, the whole nine yards, whatever. Just acknowledge the mistake through the storyline. 
The Becky thing? Man, I just don't get that one. Well, here's the thing. You she men- was stacked. You you mentioned you mentioned uh, WrestleMania 35 in the main event, a historic main event, and Ronda's shoulder was up. Becky really didn't get the pin. So here's the next pay-per-view after that, and then you get a U.S. championship match where Samoa Joe's shoulder was up. And then you get a championship, another championship match with Becky and Lacey Evans, where Lacey Evans had Becky pinned, and the referees completely out. The re- forget about the referee being out of position. The referee changed his position. Like, wh- why? He was down on the mat. Then he gets up. He walk. He runs around and goes into a completely different position to start the count when Becky's shoulders are down. Now, and it's, then and then and again, you and I are saying, "All right, can your foot be? Can you have a clean break in a no DQ match?" You know, here you are, and you're saying that the referee didn't know. Michael Cole didn't know. How long has Michael Cole been doing play by play? Michael Cole's yelling and screaming about why why they're why they're breaking. Michael Cole. I, I don't even know, and I've been wrestling for close to thirty years. We got a, a hot take, Hamill. If you could find that, I'd love to play that because I believe it was. I believe it was Michael Cole. That was like yelling and screaming about. I'm that. finding it right now. Yeah, because I don't know. If, I don't know if it was Corey. I, I'm pretty sure it was Michael Cole. So your commentators don't even know the rules. And then I, you fast forward to then you fast forward to when uh, you know when you when the, when the Money in the Bank uh you know when the briefcase when Bailey cashed in the briefcase and people are yelling and screaming because. Because uh, obviously Charlotte couldn't answer the call because she was completely knocked out, and people don't know the rule when it comes to that. Now that all go back, and we've seen that enough times lately, where you, where they don't the champion doesn't have to answer the call. There was a time that the champion did have to answer the call, but I think we've seen it enough time over the last like six or seven years where the champion doesn't have to answer the call. But again. How many how many officiating mistakes are you going to see in one show? Listen, they change the rules when it's convenient for them. Is it fair that a champion start the bell rings with a champion on their feet? A boxing match. Can the champion or any 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 boxer start when they're on the ground? No, you have to answer the call. You should have to answer the call of the bell. Charlotte should have gotten to her feet. There's no reason why Charlotte could not have gotten to her feet. Here comes Bailey, mafia kick right up top, elbow, one, two, three. And you keep the credibility on everything. What would have been wrong with that? There would have been nothing. Charlotte's on her feet. But But Charlotte got knocked out because she she missed a spear and she hit her head into a turnbuckle pad? You want me to believe that Charlotte Flair stayed knocked out from that long enough to get bitch dragged to the middle of the ring and then an elbow? Come on. And also, too, and maybe I'm reading too much into it and people are going to kill me, but Bailey is the face in this situation and Charlotte's the heel. I mean, the heel Charlotte lost her title by being knocked out by another opponent. Man, there is nothing wrong with the re- her cashing in, the referee waiting, Charlotte finally making it her to her feet, and just as she gets to her feet, the bell rings, Charlotte turns around, here comes Bailey, running knee, boom, Charlotte takes a bump right up top, elbow, one, two, three. You've kept the credibility on everything, and it's a strong win. 
And then courtesy of WWE.com, I want to go back to that cage match between The Miz and Shane McMahon and hear the call during that rope break. Skull crushing finale to the chair. Is that enough for The Miz and Shane? Yeah, but wait a minute. That shouldn't, there's no disqualifications inside a steel cage. Wait, wait a minute. That should not break up the count, ref. Start counting. There's no disqualifications inside a steel cage. <laughs> <laughs> and if you look at the look on the ref's face, he's so confused. Because he thinks he's doing the right thing. Then he sees Michael Kelly, Cole yelling and screaming, Lord only knows what's going on in his ear. Damn it. What the hell are you doing? I mean, I will say this for the refs. They have to perform under a tremendous amount of pressure. So the refs are constantly guarded about making mistakes. And that ref got caught in the, got, was a deer in the headlights last night after that rope break. Yeah, it's just, it's, uh, you know, you mentioned Gordon Soley last week. and Would Gordon Soley not know the rules? I mean, what is the rule? I don't know what the rule is. Listen, yeah, when, when you're I really inside, the, the way I look at it is when you're inside a steel cage, all bets are off. There are no rules. There, the rules are there are no rules. Uh, so, so, so like a rope break in a cage match, to me, that just doesn't make sense. It's a cage. You either get – I don't even like the pinning or the tapping in the cage, Dave. I'm such a traditionalist. When it comes to a steel cage match, there should be only one way to win. You have to go through the door or over the top of the cage. And that's what makes a cage match unique. Yes, there's a, there, there was a time there were no submissions or pinfalls. You're in a freaking cage. You got to get out of the cage. When both feet – hit the outside of the cage, you're the winner. Now, you either escape by door or you escape from going over the top. And again, we get, and then you and I, no, and Tommy and I argue about this too. You have to call for the cage door to be open. You know, there's rules. You you have to have rules. You can't make it up while you go. Do we have this hot take? I take play the conversation after this whole incident, please. Courtesy of WWE, play the conversation that they're all having after this incident. Is that enough for the Miz and Shane? Yeah, but wait a minute. That shouldn't. There's no disqualifications inside a steel cage. Wait, wait a minute. That should not break up the count, ref. Start counting. There's no disqualifications inside a steel cage. Put on the ropes. Ordinarily would not have stopped the pinball attempt. Well, you have to wonder if the, the official is concerned perhaps about his livelihood, his well-being, his job since Shane owns the company. That's Did ridiculous. You blame him? No, that's insane. Am I the only one here with a sense of self that realizes Shane and his family pay our bills? Now, all right. So, all right. So you hear chants of bullshit from the crowd, number one. And number two, the commentators think this is storyline driven. They think that the referee is purposely changing the rules for Shane McMahon when that's not the case. So they're talking about a storyline in the match that isn't taking place. But that's a perfect cover-up, though, Dave. They're covering it up by creating storyline. I think that was a good job by the announced team. 
because there's no other logical explanation why the count would stop. But here's the thing, Bully. It's, a, I thought it's Renee, not when, true. When Renee, when Renee first said something, I thought she said, you're killing me. <laughs> like, yeah, I, imagine being a commentator last night and trying to explain the shit that was going on in that ring. Think about And here's a pay-per-view that we actually really liked. But Samoa Joe's shoulder was up. The referee's out of the position where Lacey Evans has a champion pinned. And, oh, yeah, by the way, they botched the fact that she won the championship in the first place on the last pay-per-view, which was the most historic match in the history of WrestleMania. And then you have a cage match where the commentators nor the referee know the rules because it's a match that's a no-DQ match in a cage, and now you have to muck it all up with pinfalls and submissions in the cage. And the guy is, oh, yeah. And by the way, the guy escapes the cage by taking off his T-shirt. I didn't mind that. Actually, That's that creative. was kind of a clever way to get That's out of it. That's creative. That's kind of a clever. really clever, creative way to get out of it. You know what I want to know? How the hell did Shane drag a chair into the ring? The ca- Excellent point. <laughs> Where the fudge was that chair? Uh, excellent point. Where, how did Shane McMahon get the, get the chair? That chair would have to have been, like, right at the bottom What's, of the steps. What is it, like, taped to the side of the cage? You know, years ago, we did something where Stacy Keebler, uh, the, you know, the cage door was locked, but then Stacy started to come on to the referee and started hugging and kissing the referee, and she picked the referee's pocket, and that's how we got the key to open up the door. There's at least a little bit of creativity how we got the table into the... Into the, into the uh, into the cage. I just want to know where the hell the chair was. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. One thing I do want to acknowledge, believe it or not, it was on this date eight years ago, Bully, that we lost the legendary Randy Macho Man Savage. I can't believe it. May 20th, 2011, eight years since we lost the Macho Man. Yeah, don't you worry about nothing, Dave LaGreca. I'm up here in heaven, and I'm having the time of my life with the boys. Yeah. That's a pretty good uh, Randy Savage bully. It's the best I can do. That was, you know, it's not Dan Soder-like, but I thought it was very good. Dan Soder's the best. Oh, my God, that guy is super talented. <laughs> <laughs> This is Andre. I'm up here with Randy. Drinking wine. That's all I got. I don't know what the hell that Could was. you please take a phone call? Yes, let's go. I know you've been waiting patiently for a long time, Bully. Let's go to Malik in Florida. <laughs> Malik, what do you got, buddy? Ooh, yeah. Dave, Bully, let me tell you something. I also got an endless supply of Slim Jims up here. All right, Malik, nice. Good job, Malik. That's, that's a got? good what job. Do got? What do you got? What do you got? What's, what's, what's up, fellas? Uh, first of all, I want to say I appreciate the show so much. I listen every day. Thank you guys for doing what you do. Thank you, Malik. Uh, two things, uh, two options I wanted to touch on on the Muns Mini in the, uh, Money in the Bank uh, match last night. And you touched on it already, Dave. I don't know what the hell uh, Ali was doing. He had the opportunity to grab the briefcase, and then it all made sense when uh, Brock Lesnar came out. But I feel like 
uh, Ali should have won Money in the Bank, and there's several options that you could go with if he won. If he did win, I think that he should have cashed in on Kofi because he felt like he was uh, the one that should have had that belt around his waist Mm. because he got hurt. He missed his opportunity. It also opens up the door for either one of them to go heel. And I think the heel turn would look better on Ali because maybe he loses to Kofi. He he cashes in, loses, and gets frustrated. I think that might have been a good option. Also, I understand that Brock is the moneymaker. He brings in the big business for the showdown and all of that. But people are getting tired of seeing that part-time wrestler. And this was an opportunity to get your young guys over I also think that you don't lose any legitimacy to Kofi if you put him in a title match with Ali because he's young, he's skilled, he's gifted. They can put on that type of match. Also, the second option, and I wanted to get in touch with you guys so bad after WrestleMania because I truly believe this should have been the first title defense match that Kofi had, and that's with Randy Orton. Randy Orton is another option that should have won money in the bank because he had that rivalry with Kofi. I believe it was 09 where Kofi got that big push and everybody thought that he deserved it then. I thought that Randy Orton can revisit that. And because KO and Brian were always talking about how Kofi doesn't deserve it, Randy could have visited that again told Kofi, hey, listen, I knew a long time ago you weren't the one and you didn't deserve it. Now I got an opportunity to prove that, and I'm going to. And who can legitimize Kofi more than a WWE title match with Randy Orton, a future Hall of Famer? What do you guys think about that? All right, uh, Malik, first of all, great call. I got to be honest with you, that was a great call. And two really good scenarios. I like the first one best, but he's right about Randy Orton and the feud that they had in that great match they had back in 2009 uh at Madison Square Garden for Monday Night Raw. But again, if and I, and I like the Ali scenario. Now, I think Ali would have been a great story with Kofi for the reasons that he gave. Hey, that was supposed to be Ali's spot that Kofi took. So they could build a great story, though you weren't going to get the moment that you had last night because I think people would have been underwhelmed by Ali. As I said, as Ali was climbing that ladder, there was like no emotion, no response from that crowd in Hartford. So what's better, Bully? The moment at Money in the Bank where it's going to get people talking, you know, less than a week before AEW's pay-per-view? Or is it the story moving forward for Kofi? On paper, uh, Malik's idea is great because the Ali story works because Kofi is not in his position if Ali doesn't go down. I totally get it. But when it comes to big business and what Vince McMahon needs to do in Saudi Arabia and down the road on Fox, which makes more sense, Brock Lesnar or Ali? It's Brock. And that's why these decisions are being made. People, I understand where you're coming from. I'm a fan too. I get your frustrations. I know you want to see some new, fresh, exciting stars. But but the WWE is a slave to a company and a TV, uh, a TV station in Fox that I don't think they've ever been before. Right, Dave? 
Yeah, this is. I, I think this is a little bit uncharted territory for the WWE right now. And people might be saying, well, what does Fox have to do with the finish last night? Well, listen, down as we get closer to this Fox deal, you, you might see Brock in, in, in the picture a little bit more. They want heavy hitters. Ali's a great story. He's not a heavy hitter. Will he ever be a heavy hitter? I don't know. Well, Ali's kind of like one of those 205 Live guys, right, Dave? He is, yes. He was from 205 Live. What kind of reaction did those 205 Live guys get last night? Not much. Nothing. And it was a good match. Yeah, of course it was a good match. Come on. We can't take anything away from those guys. Tony Nese and, and Davari did a great job. Nice car, Davari. Too bad he only got to drive it for 0.3 seconds. But, but perception is reality when it comes here, though. Like, Davari and, they're, you know, Ali, they're not perceived as superstars on the programs that they're on. So how, how are the fans going to buy in and perceive them as superstars when they're on a pay-per-view like Money in the Bank? It's hard to do. I mean, at what point, Bully, and I think this goes back to our, our initial conversation at the start of the show, at what point do you say, you know what, hey, new initiative for the WWE. we got to start pushing this young talent. Hey, we grab all this talent from all these indie organizations around the world. We, you know, we grab talent from here and there. We have them come to NXT. We bring them up the right way. And then when they come to the main roster, they're not perceived the same way. When does the initiative become, we are now pushing the younger superstar and we're getting away from the aging veterans? It eventually has to happen. Eventually, you're going to have to take all of them out back and put a bullet in their head behind the woodshed. It has to happen. Otherwise, the new generation will never be able to carry anything. I'm not saying you can't use all of these superstars, but if you're going to use them, use them in ways to get the other talent over. Don't give me Goldberg versus Undertaker. Give me Undertaker versus the Demon. Give me Goldberg versus Bobby Lashley. Let younger guys get the rub off of these megastars so they in turn can become megastars. Thanks for listening. Catch us weekdays on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.